most advanced research facility in the world. Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of human brain cell. But before they can save millions of lives... Tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. They'll have to find a way to save their own. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Howdy doody. This week, we'll be discussing the horror classic, Deep Blue Sea, starring Samuel L. Jackson, LL Cool J, Michael Rappaport, Thomas Jane, Saffron Burroughs. And Janice Soprano. Janice Soprano, Stellan Skarsgård. Yes, it's an all... And and crazy Ronnie Cox. Did you remember him from... uh, St. Elsewhere, Beverly Hills Cop. He, he's in one scene and has no lines. It was the so, weirdest thing in the world. So the answer is no. And But I do want to comment that I see we have now covered all the scars guards. So that's important. Have we? I don't believe we have. What are the other scars guards that we've covered? I thought we, I don't we think we've covered any of you. We, haven't, we didn't have the father? This is the father. Stellan Skarsgård is the father. Fuck. I thought we've had a Skarsgård discussion. It's possible we have, but I'm trying to think. Because there's Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise in the new It movies, which I know we have not discussed. Okay. And then, and then there is... Oh, crap. The taller, good-looking Skarsgård. Eric Northman from True right. Blood. What's his name? What the hell is his name? I don't know. It's that Fuck, weird thing. I don't he, know. They're the basically the Dennis and the Randy of the Skarsgård family because one is very handsome and one is very weird looking. It's very sad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sad situation. Needless to say, we have not discussed. <laughs> as far as I know, this is the only Skarsgård uh, movie that we've done. Well, I, I I could be wrong. We'll remedy that. We'll remedy that. Will we? What move? I mean, I guess we could do it at some point. But what we could do, we could do it. But I'm not sure what movie that uh, that good looking one Eric Northman was in because he was in uh, oh Pretty Little Lies, which was a series. True he was Blood. In True Blood, which was a series. I'm looking him up right now. Is Alexander been- Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, you know him. The Great. He was in The Legend of Tarzan. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, he was in... Uh, oh, he was in that movie, um, Battleship. Very good. What the, like, based, based upon the Parker the Brothers game. game. Yes. <laughs> yes. He dies, spoiler alert. So he's not even the star of that one. He's just kind of in it. Interesting. So he's not really rocketing through time and space, huh? He's a very handsome guy, though. He's a very handsome guy, and he, he he can make good pouty looks and good sexy eyes. So there you go. That's all and you need. He, he was a monster, of course, in Pretty Little Lies. Spoiler alert. 
Not for long. Not for um, long. Get what you get. You don't throw a fit. That's true. Now give us your 30-second synopsis of the... It's not the Deep Blue Sea. It's just no. Deep Blue Sea, by the way. And, and kids, let's not get those two things confused. They're, the Deep Blue Sea is a different movie than Deep Blue Sea. So what's the Deep Blue Sea? Give Apparently, us a 30-second synopsis on that. Uh, according to the 30-second synopsis on Tubi, it's some kind of romance. Is that with Rachel Weisz and Tom Hiddleston? Is it? Because I love Tom Hiddleston. I might have to turn into that. But you just throw in a Sharknado and you got something going on there. Yeah. Well, hang on. There's <laughs> What is this? Is that what this know. is? A Deep Blue Sea? No, it's The Deep Blue Sea. That was the Rex Reed review that I was able to find. Which yeah. is not helpful to us. Which is not helpful. So what we'll do is we'll talk about the movie and we'll just give the Rex Reed review for the wrong movie. I think that would be amusing to me. So put Hours that pin of fun. in that. Put, the, put a pin in that. So I this is will. basically a science fiction monster movie where sharks live in what looks like a water world, but there's no Kevin Costner at all. Thankfully. Uh, you know, uh, sharks, uh, sharks don't get cancer. Sharks' brains, you know, don't deteriorate like humans. Sharks live 20 to 30 years. Humans live like 80, 90 years. Okay, so let's just throw that into the mix. Right. But anyway, if you, if you hyper pump a shark's brain, you could extract some, I don't know, juice some apple juice out of it and it'll cure yep. Parkinson's just by looking at it sideways. But it's important that you, you breed monster freakish genius, angry, just, just angry, uh, Ted Bundy kind of rage in Florida, angry sharks, that kind of angry sharks, uh, to be able to do this. And guess what? It all goes wrong. And then you got like kind of like a, a Poseidon adventure situation if you just had pissed off sharks also with super strength. LL Cool J is my hero. The end. Everybody's oh. dead except, spoiler alert, LL Cool J and and some dude who looks like uh, the guy from Throw a Shrimp on the Bobby. That's Thomas Jane, star of Hung on HBO, if you ever watched that show. He looks exactly <laughs> like a very young, uh, who the hell am I thinking of? The Australian dude. Paul Hogan? Paul Hogan. He looks like, he looks like Paul Hogan's son. Paul Good Hogan. Good day, mate! Paul Hogan was 45 when he made the first Crocodile Dundee movie, and he looks 65. Oh it's God. those brutal sun beating down on that leathery skin for he 45 literally, years. Uh, he was 45 as the love interest, and his skin was so gnarled and cracked, it looked like our sister's like 80s bomber jacket. It that was Naga Hyde. It was Naga Hyde. It's a sad situation. Mm -hmm. Clearly, this movie, they started out with... We need smart sharks. We want a movie where the, you know, the killers are smart sharks chasing people down. How do we get smart sharks? So then they had to work their way backwards to, uh, we're trying to solve, the, find a cure for Alzheimer's. So therefore, we're going to make the shark's brains bigger? Like and yet, they don't require any extra space inside the skull. Did no. you notice that? 
No, they didn't have big old bulges on their on their heads. Like Brainiac or something. That's what <laughs> right. they should have had. They could have had like a dome, a clear dome with a giant shark brain extruding out. Please. Is that gonna, too much to ask? If you're going to do CGI, go full CGI. Now, when had you ever even heard of this movie? Like never. Like when You've you never said, heard of this movie. Like when you blackmailed me and said, "Okay, if you're going to use my picture, then we're going to watch uh, Deep Blue Sea." That was the moment that I is that what I said? I, I did not blackmail you. <laughs> you son of a. Um, it, it is possible, uh, but so you never you never heard of this movie. I saw this movie in the theater. Oh dear! Well, you Boom! Know, I, I was not going to see this at the theater. This this is considered a classic of that kind of anaconda quality film, in my opinion, uh, which is a seal of had, approval. If you had to guess, what do you think my thoughts are on Deep Blue Sea? Uh, if I had to guess, negative? Wrong! <laughs> you liked it? I actually kind of liked it. And it was it's much better than Anaconda. It's much uh. better. I mean, of course, there's so much ridiculousness going on here. Of course. And why why is is the place that they're doing the shark study look like something out of a Harry Potter prison for sharks? Why does it look like that? Uh, The answer is because they use the same place to film uh, uh, Titanic. So they had they were recycling. Right. Um, But. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? I am bowled over. I, know. I have to say, I am bowled over. Um, no, there, there's a lot of questions about this movie. I remember, I remember enjoying it at the time. And frankly, there is a shocking moment in this movie. Shock. If we're just, let's just jump right in. I'm going to go right to the shocking moment. Do you know what the shocking moment is that I'm referring to? I'm trying to think at any moment where I was might be shocked. Uh, were you shocked when uh, when uh, Samuel Jackson got chomped? Yes, he can. Okay, so Samuel Jackson is the owner of the company, I guess. Although there is a scene where I guess he's in the boardroom. Uh, telling Saffron Burroughs, the doctor, that we're, we're shutting down because because one of your sharks escaped and almost ate some people out in the middle of the ocean. We're shutting you down. Um, and Ronnie Cox from St. Elsewhere, from RoboCop, from Beverly Hills Cop, is sitting in the chair behind the desk. Samuel Jackson standing like next to him with like his hand on his shoulder. Deliver like saying we're we're shutting you down. Ronnie Cox just sits there like he's a, a, a like a dime store mannequin. Does not say anything. And you're almost like, why are you in this? I mean, do you know Maybe who Ronnie had, Cox is? No, I've, I'm literally googling who the fuck is Randy Cox because he is Velo Hagen in Total Recall. You know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, boom. Yes, Cohagen. Cohagen. He's gotcha. sitting in the in the the chair. I mean, again, he is a recognizable actor. He, you know, he's not Tom Hanks or Denzel Washington or somebody, but you know who he is when you see him. It is shocking. I mean, that's not the shocking part, but it's so bizarre that he's in this movie. 
for you never know. Two he minutes. might have had lines, but if they're like, we we gonna have to cut all your lines because we need more sharks in a cage. That's entirely possible. But anyway, he so he owns the company, and they keep talking about how a few years prior in the Alps, he and a gang of hikers or something. There was an avalanche, and he's kind of a hero because he managed to save five of the hikers. By eating so, the other five? By, by eating, yes. <laughs> yes. He ate, yeah, it was like that movie Alive with the uh, Uruguayan football team crashing in the Andes. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a scene, like, I don't know, halfway, three quarters of the movie, everything's gone to shit, the sharks are attacking people, the... The uh, the uh, floating uh, research barge is sinking into the ocean, and he's like, gives like a rousing inspirational speech about how we're not going to turn on each other, because let me tell you a story. You know, there were seven of us who survived, but only five of us made it down the mountain that day, and we, you know, I learned a lesson that I'll carry with me. And then suddenly, the shark jumps out of the hole. And chops on him. Shockingly. It was like he was literally the first thing we gotta do though, ladies and gentlemen, is close this hatch. Ah! Classic ball game. Bye-bye, Samuel L. Jackson. Very shot. I mean, pretty much ahead. everybody gets eaten in this movie. Except I literally could care less about anyone. Nobody had any personality, even Samuel L. Jackson had no personality. The cook, who has almost no contact with anyone else, LL Cool J, is the only one that you gave a crap about. Do you know what's funny? Watching this for the first time in however many years, I found him so annoying. Really? Everybody else is kind of, because you're right. Everybody else is kind of crammed together. Thomas Jane, Saffron Burroughs, uh, Michael Rappaport, Samuel L. Jackson, and then the other chick are like going from room to room together. Uh, LL is like giving a, a never ending monologue. He's talking to his like bird parrot as he's like cooking things. What am I going to do, Lord? Because his name's Preacher. Preach. So he's constantly like talking to Jesus as he's going. I just found him annoying. I'm sorry. Then did you find him annoying on this watch too? No, this is the time I found him annoying. I didn't, oh, this I time. The, oh. Previously, I don't remember having an opinion, but now I know I found him kind of annoying. No uh, offense, not, LL. I, I just have to, I'm always prone to like LL Cool J, so... Well, you know what it seems like to me? Because they they did do some reshoots in this movie. And at the end of the movie, LL is supposed to die like everybody else. And he, you see him, he gets bit by the shark and is yeah. carried around and somehow miraculously frees himself when no one, everyone else gets bit in half in a fraction of a second. He's Jesus, fighting the shark off. Jesus saved him. Jesus poked, saved him. He poked the shark's eyeball out with this massive rapper crucifix that he's got. That's correct. Originally, do you know who was supposed to survive? Oh, the chick? The chick. The doctor. Do- Saffron Burroughs from Circle of Friends was supposed to survive, and audiences hated that. No, because hate- one, she's a bitch, 
And and she has zero, almost no personality. She nobody has any personality in this. That's the problem. So b- basically, what happened? The audience liked, responded well to LL, and didn't like her. So they went back and re-edited it to give LL more screen time, and they got rid of any parts of the movie that kind of made her seem kind of altruistic or nice they like they just leaned into she's the villain right and then then had her they had to come up with some reason why at the end of the movie she literally jumps in the water she slices her and jumps in the water and just sacrifices herself to the well, shark first of all that ending made no sense <laughs> right he literally has the gun she sacrifices she cuts i assume so to draw the shark away from escaping so he could shoot him. Instead, he puts the gun down and just watches her eating. So he wasn't that odd, close with her. He, yeah, he was. It, it was like she was threatening him earlier. So maybe that, maybe that was it. But that's part of why you don't like him. And then what was wrong with Leather Vest, little Paul Hogan Jr.? He's always falling in every scene. He's falling yes. and getting washed away in every yes. freaking scene. <laughs> I watched that as well. I wrote that down <laughs> in my notes. Every scene when they're running... Because they're in this, okay, it's a kind of a floating island thing that goes three stories underneath the water. And of course, they're at the lowest level. They're trying to get to the top while there are sharks and everything's flooding. So as they're running from flooding room to flooding room, everyone else stays on their feet. Poor Thomas Jane is slip sliding around. We're like, get get up, you clumsy oaf. I mean, literally, (laughs) literally, I mean, I mean, this leads right into the fact that for some reason he has this magical acrobatic ability in the water where if a shark is coming right at him, he's able to do some, I don't know what it is, some kind of Zen thing, some Tai Chi, where he's able to kind of contort himself in the water so the shark is unable to bite him and then he's just like riding it on the back. So in the water, he's Aquaman. On on land, it's my left foot. (laughs) Makes yeah, sense. It, I mean, we, we there's lots to goof on, lots of logic slips, but it was still fun. I would say. Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. It is. How, and it, go how ahead. about this? Why did this need to be in the middle of the ocean? As soon as I saw it, I'm like, what happens when a storm comes? You already had a shark escape. This could be in a tank at the Sea World. I was just gonna say that. Absolutely, this could have been a research. I mean, because they, they, they said that they bought this barge or whatever. I keep calling it a barge. I don't know what it is. Floating island thing uh, to do their research. It looks but like, you're deep, absolutely... deep, what is it, Deep Water Horizon? Because yep. it goes down to the center of the earth, but but with like above ground pens. I mean, this could have been done at SeaWorld. It absolutely uh, could have. They're, they're all going to die anyway. And then once you have the serum, can't you just... Take that in a lab and make a synthetic version, like like whatever. You're right. Once, if, once you have it. So number one, if they are just doing this at SeaWorld, there's no movie. So that's that's number one. Shamu well, number two, bad. Shamu, then it's Jabberjaw, and he's like walking <laughs> on his fence through it's San Diego. Oh no, he's in Old Town, San Diego. Jabberjaw. <laughs> Well, that's what he does. Got us a pedicab. Whoops. 
Whoopsie. <laughs> um, so you're right. Number that is you're right. Here's a, here's another question. So they basically the the big reveal is that they were experimenting getting this serum out of the sharks' brains. But the grand reveal is they didn't really they didn't do anything to the sharks' brains other than make them bigger, right? Right. So it's like so you're trying to tell me that the cure for Alzheimer's is just shark brain juice. Is it and from the, the penile gland? It's from the pineal gland. <laughs> um, shark, and there's a scene where they're like, here's a hunk of brain from an Alzheimer's patient. What, they didn't need that hunk? They don't mind if you just go in there with an ice cream scoop. They won't miss and, it. Seriously, it was a big old chunk of, of Alzheimer's brain. And then they take the syringe and squirt some shark juice on it. Well, oh my God, the neurons are firing. So what? Let, let, let me stop you there, brother. Please. Because this wasn't hooked up to anything. It wasn't getting oxygen. No. So it's like I had a piece of steak and I left it in my car for a week. Then I put it in a Petri dish and put some uh, shark ooze on it. Now it's a zombie brain? What's really correct. going on? We don't know right. what's going on. We don't. So the, the reality is, okay, so the grand reveal is... Is this how coronavirus got started? This is how it got started. Uh, so what the... Evidently, a shark's brain is so small that it doesn't create enough shark juice. I think it's the so, size of like a peanut or something. Something like that. So they use they defied the Geneva Convention or whatever. It wasn't the Geneva Convention, but it was some kind of there was some kind of rules against you know using gene therapy on the sharks to make their. Then what are we doing? If you're not supposed to do any kind of experimentation on the shark brain, then then what the hell? All I right. mean, first of all, shark brains are Y shaped. And they are around 1.2 ounces. That's why they had to make them bigger. See, to get that good that good shark juice. They, they made them the size of six watermelons without having to make any changes to the skull. I, I just want to repeat that. And it's that Mako correct. sharks because great white sharks are just done. That was last year's shark. That is correct. But they're Mako sharks, but they are freakishly huge. Uh, Mako, because Mako sharks don't get that. I mean, these are bigger than the biggest great whites. I mean, these things, they said they were like 50 feet long. I mean, they're right. gigantic. So they didn't so make just, the brains bigger. They made the sharks bigger. That's correct. That's aye, correct. Aye. This is a bunch so of the, hocus pocus. It's a bunch. So you're not supposed to ask these questions. Uh, let me Let me go a step further. So the shark wrangler, uh, who's Thomas Jane, his name is... Carter Blake, which is, which is a fancy name. Uh, nobody's been named Carter Blake, by the way, but very, very creative. He is the shark wrangler. Why? How does he have these abilities? They talk about how he was a smuggler. And so he went to, to prison in Leavenworth for two years. And that's why he has to take this job. Uh, but we, don't he know have what he was, we don't know what he was smuggling, right? Well, they don't say, don't say what he was smuggling. And when someone asks, how did you learn to do that, that special move where the sharks don't eat you? And he says, hey, maybe if you take me up on that beer sometime, I'll tell you about it. So the okay. answer is we don't know and there's no explanation. 
Exactly. And, and I'm not going to tell you. Guess. Just guess. <laughs> because it's it's a ridiculous thing. There's no way. I mean, unless the case is like, look, I cannot get a job flipping burgers. So I have to just basically jump in the water with the, with the sharks and just hope for the best. Dude. On the job it's training. Like, you know what? He's like, uh, what's his name from uh, 51st States? That's really what he is. Our That's Paul what he Hogan. is. Look. <laughs> Or Paul Hogan, exactly. Paul Hogan. Look, I mean, give give me some kind of background. Say it's like, well, he used to work at SeaWorld in the shark pen, and then he was smuggling shark. Who the, whatever. Come give me something other than like, hey, I'll have to tell you in the sequel. But he's not in the sequel, by the way. You know, they made two sequels. I saw that. I was like, that doesn't seem right. I think they're like, they used to be what was called straight to video. Now they don't have straight to video. It's straight to streaming. I think that's what these were. Straight to streaming. And I think this came out say, a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. This was like 1999. But I would say this is better than Sharknado. Oh, absolutely. Sharknado is unwatchable. <laughs> let's, no, let's... Sharknado's no. kind of funny. No, here's, here's the issue. Okay, since we're going off on the Sharknado jag, the company that makes those Sharknado movies, it's like the Sci-Fi Network, they pump these movies out over and over again with like has-beens or never-were actors in what? these things. I am like, zeroing. What? I gotta pay the bills. <laughs> um, I'll do. I do what I gotta do at this stage of the game. They make. They pump out these movies on the Sci-Fi Network. Tara like, Reid, Ian, uh, I am zeroing. How dare well, you, sir? Well, what happened is on Twitter. For some reason, because again, they pump these out all the like crappy, like Crocosaurus versus Robo Crab or whatever. They they keep. Sh- I want to see Crocosaurus versus Robo Crab. You think I'm joking? Check if them out. If you throw in the Mothra twins, we might have something there. We might have something. <laughs> so somehow the first Sharknado became kind of a Twitter phenomenon. Like people were so like, what in the hell is this? That everyone started like, like celebrities were turning in to see this. Uh, so, I want to say. Well, hang that... on. Let me, I have to finish my, my diatribe on Sharknado. <laughs> so it became kind of a phenomenon, but then it became very self-aware. So then it was like they kept more like news people were like, hey, I want to be in the next Sharknado. So then it's like they, they kept filling it with people, but it became so kind of like, ooh, we're so bad. We're funny. But it was never that funny. And they've pumped out like literally, I think I watched the first, shockingly enough, I watched the first three or four. And I what? said, I I can't even watch these anymore. Because they're not they're not clever enough. They're not funny enough. A true, like, so f- bad it's good kind of scenario has to happen organically. Absolutely. If you try to create like it. the first one. The first one, they, they they were trying to be serious, I think. Well, serious-ish. Serious-ish. They, right. they didn't think anyone was going to watch this shit. Right. And they spent about $1.50 in their computer graphics. Yes. So, uh... But that's what kind of made it funny. But then once it takes off, you you knew after the first one that it ain't going to get better. That is absolutely that's, correct. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Well, I went and watched another movie that they had on the Sci-Fi Network. Sci-Fi Network is so lousy. If you watch any shows that are on the Sci-Fi Network, they're horrible. 
Anywho, about this time, I was like, ooh, you know, I'm kind of in the mood for this. And they had one coming out called Lava Lantula, starring, <laughs> starring Steve Gutenberg and like basically everybody from the Police Academy movies. Like they brought the gang back together. All right, say no more. Lava Lantula. Is it a tarantula that just shits lava? <laughs> they, they come out, They like there was a volcano and these flaming spider things are crawling out and spitting lava on each other it was unwatchable it was unwatchable it was horrible you think it's going to be hilarious and it wasn't it was awful so yes this is much better than sharknado yes (laughs) yes sweet jesus um i don't even know what i was gonna say in the middle (laughs) oh sweet jesus but you're right. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where it's like, oh, we're going to live. I'm dead. A shark just got me. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a sad situation. I mean, at one point, the shark, like, LL's trying to get away from the shark and he climbs into the oven. That's big enough to fit LL Cool J. Well, this was a trimmer, LL Cool J, I must say. I was like, oh, I don't remember him being so thin. He climbs into the oven and the shark turns on the oven. Is that what happened with its flipper? It, it turned it on. It seemed that he didn't. Uh, he couldn't get the fire, so it was. It was not that it was cooking, which is one of my nightmares after watching Live and Left Let Die. I do not want to be burned alive in a crematorium. So that triggered a little something to me. But in reality, it was just filling with gas. And that's diamonds are forever. By the oh, way, damn it. Damn it. Diamonds are forever. You're right. <laughs> With Mr. Gatanga. No, that's live and let die. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're mixing, <laughs> mixing all the bonds. That's that's for the James Bond uh, podcast. So there you go. Um, there's a scene. So the movie starts off where it's like some kind of crazy catamaran. With like kind of a booze, like like two beautiful couples making out on the catamaran, literally in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Is that how we're doing it? Let's just drive straight out into the middle of the ocean. They're on the way to Epstein's Island. They're swinging. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So and they get attacked by a shark. Shark like hits the catamaran, and literally every there's four people. Ah, they all jump into the water. For some reason, is is that do we all have to fall in the water? I'm not sure that's how it works, but but happy hunting, sweet Jesus! I fell off a catamaran once. How was it? Well, it was kind of cold. I imagine it would be. <laughs> no sharks. There was no sharknados. I believe I was with our father. It was one of the things. Where you lean because the boat's tilting, and I just lean, I just kept on leaning, leaned myself <laughs> right into the water. So then you understand what these people were dealing with. I, under, I, all... I totally relate to it. They should have had a trigger warning. It was exactly like that, but without the shark. Yes, it was basically a, a trust fall, where the only thing catching you is the shark's jaws, essentially. <laughs> That's what we were looking forward to. At least Jaws was there for me. We thank you. The we meet Stellan Skarsgård, who's another scientist working on this thing. Literally, like everybody else is leaving. Like the the week people who work there during the week are all bailing on the weekend, except for the main characters. We meet Stellan Skarsgård. They're like, oh, there's the scientist Blaze Blaze Joe. He is up on some kind of rampart, just pissing. 
And it's it like, you know, cues up a joke for it's like, well, how smart can he be? He's pissing in the wind. Why is don't they have bathrooms? Oh, you'll see. Hey, come on. You're a guy. Come on. Men you have, love okay. to piss outside with a cool breeze on their dingling. Away you go. If there's a if there's an indoor bathroom, I will use the indoor bathroom. I'm not going up four four flights of elevators and then getting out into the hurricane, climbing up on top of one of the towers and then pissing out into the ocean. But have you pissed in the wind? Not that I can recall. I mean, I don't want to say definitively no, but I mean, it's not a goal of mine, sweet Jesus. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't uh, piss, piss into the wind. wind. <laughs> it's, a, it's an old story. We've all heard it before. Um, and then later he gets his arm bitten off by the shark. Like they just, the shark's supposed to be asleep. So he's kind of leaning in there. Shark instantly wakes up. Stellan Skarsgård <laughs> leads his arm in. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Enjoy like some old beef jerky. Good times. Oh, that's not the end of it for him, though. It is not. We see him many more times. They talk about how, I don't know, some the special effects, some kind of uh, with his arm, because he gets his arm bitten off. But if you watch, over the course of the movie, the stump grows progressively shorter. Until <laughs> eventually it's just his shoulder. We're like, what? <laughs> what is happening i didn't notice that oh my god maybe yes. the shark comes back for a little nibble a little nibbling i mean he definitely <laughs> needs to go to the hospital at that stage of the game so they the helicopter they call in the helicopter which shows up again during the hurricane um and they winch uh stellan skarsgård into one of those sleds and they start reeling him up very slowly and then the winch just malfunctions for no reason. No explanation. Yes, there's a hurricane, but does that automatically make the winch break? I don't know. But of course, thank goodness, the helicopter has now decided to like basically hover over the shark tank. <laughs> you knew what was going to happen. It was going to be one <laughs> thing or another. Either, either the, It was going to drop to meet the shark or the shark was going to rise. But first of all, if it's a hurricane, they're not going to send a helicopter. No. They're not. It's almost like the hurricane was incidental. And they're it's a medical team. They're all doctors. They had to study some of this shit. Well, I mean, it's a good are there no doctors like on staff? No? Not so much that's not an important thing to have on Are there okay. no workhouses? <laughs> <laughs> Something. Sweet <laughs> Jesus. So of course the winch breaks for no reason and they just drop. And that's like a nightmare. That oh. would give you not like you get dropped into the into like his face is a death basically where they're dropping him into the shark pit and splash and of course it's like they're dangling live bait in the shark pit. I keep going on the shark pit. It's not a pit. It's the ocean. Um, and they grab. You see the shark like suddenly there's like no slack on the cable. The cable's getting pulled down into the water. And the sharks are stronger than the helicopter and, of course, force it to crash. And that's, I think, what causes the structural damage is the helicopter crashing into the tower. There goes poor uh, Sister Soprano. She's exploding. It's poor a, it's Janice. Poor Janice. Th th things never work out for Janice. 
<laughs> it's a sad situation. And that's when the problems occur. Oh, sweet Jesus. Anything else yeah. you want to talk about? I got pages of notes. I, I have four notes, and I've already said them. Um, it, it, I, I'm getting flashes of different movies in this. I'm getting flashes of Alien. Like, yep. like the one chick is supposed to be Ripley, but she ain't. No. Then I was getting, of course, flashes from Jaws, especially with the scene you're talking about where the, the line goes taut and, it, you know, it, it's it's running off. And now now the uh, helicopter, you know, can't can't support whatever. No, no, right. I'm, I'm gibbering now. <laughs> I, I forgot what I was talking about. But anyway, it was all like like the poor man Jaws, but without the great uh, monologue. And it was like the poor man's Ripley with the yeah. alien, except the, the alien are, are the the sharks. Well, there's a funny line in there when uh, the doctor admits, yes, we experimented and made the, the sharks super smart and blah, blah, blah. And Thomas Jane goes like, well, now we're at the bottom of the food chain. And I kept thinking, no, you're not. No, you're, you're not. Just, you're just not at the top anymore in this analogy. You're not like, man, now even the worms are going to eat us. It's not. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Yeah, because that just shows you he's a ding dong and you always knew he was a ding dong. It's a sad situation. He is li- Sandler's little buddy from Fifty First Dates. He does kind of look like that. It's a sad situation. There's a scene where they're like, we have to bring the shark in to get the brain juice out of him. So they send Carter swimming out there. And literally at one point he's in like this, this tunnel and the sharks are trying to get at him. Um, And And he don't give a shit. He doesn't care. Does not care. So they tried to get at him. He kind of waved his, his spear gun or whatever. And then they kind of swam away. They swam backwards. They're like, that should be impossible. Well, it doesn't matter how big their brains are. It's still going to be impossible for a shark to swim backwards. Didn't change their anatomy. It's like a plane flying backwards. But that's neither here nor there. And if they're so smart, why didn't they just leave? Because there were there were like fences, titanium like. Well, the one got out from jumping up and over. That's what they they like they free theorized. Willy. Right, they theorized that's what happens. So I guess they tried to raise up the fences. I don't know how you raise up all the fences, but anywho, so he goes after hey, the sharks try to eat him. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So yes. uh, below the water, it's titanium, which they crash through anyway. So if these sharks had not spent two and a half hours uh, breaking through the entire deep water horizon, they could have been on their way to Hawaii. But they didn't break through the titanium. They didn't break through the... Well, they said, he like, was the way on his way through at the very end. And that's well, no, when she that's, jumped in. Well, hey, this is an interesting point. So as the place is sinking, the fencing is now dipping down underneath the water and they're like well that's not titanium that's regular steel the problem is and i've looked this up as well titanium and steel are equally as strong the difference is he's busting through these underwater like security doors like you would have it in like a naval ship but it can't get through uh cyclone fencing what the fuck 
<laughs> that is correct. Yes. The difference between titanium steel and, and regular steel is just weight. Like titanium is lighter. It's just as strong. It's not like Wolverine's claws or something. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. It's, it's not impenetrable. I got it. Wolverine versus Sharknado. Boom. Start writing. Get Start writing. I'm more of an ideas person. I need someone to flesh, flesh it out a little bit. There are many people sleeping on their mom's couches who consider themselves ideas people. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so earlier, so Carter was being about to be attacked by the shark because he has to go get the, the specimen. And he doesn't care. He's like, whatever, I'm going to swim out there anyway. And shark tries to get at him. He hits him with the, the stun dart or whatever. Right. And then it's just smash cut. He's pushing the shark onto the, whatever that is, the conveyor belt or what. So you moved a 5,000 pound shark just with your bare hands. There was no winch or anything. It's like, I know you're strong, Carter, but let's like get carried away. I just feel like they were very lax with their safety standards. A a little bit. A little bit, to say the least. What the f***? I got clarinets in the background down. It's just like a like a really sad party going on at your house. This is what happens. You keep it all. Don't you cut this. I can't cut it. it <laughs> I, we would have to re-record the entire episode. This is why I don't go across the street to the neighbor's house. It is it is always the sad clarinet. So good times. Any other thoughts and feelings? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have to talk about this. So at the end of the movie, Saffron Burroughs is eaten by the shark. LL Cool J and Thomas Jane survive. And there's not one moment where they're like, I'm very sad that she just got eaten two minutes ago. No, I wasn't sad. I wasn't sad. He was clearly not sad. He could have saved her instead. Just set the gun down. What the hell was that? No, granted, you would be thrilled that the final shark was blown up, so now you are safe, theoretically, although you're stranded in the middle of the ocean. So I don't know how safe you are. You're like uh, Tom Hanks in Castaway. Uh, But there is the moment where they're like, man, all these people just got killed five seconds ago, including the girl that I thought I loved. Kevin, I'm over it. They were were abandoned for a weekend. The rest of the crew comes back on Monday. Oh, that's that's true. It wasn't even on Monday. They were coming. It was like the next day, and there was the boat already coming back. And they're like, exactly. "Thank goodness, thank Pizza goodness." Time. Yeah, party over. Uh, as the did you notice that LL sings the the theme song, oh, the yeah. closing? It was terrible. It, My it was heart right, is like it, a shark's fin. Yeah, it was terrible. It was right up there with the Adams Family Values with <laughs> MC Hammer. That that's that's the quality we're dealing with. Do what with they there. want to do. Say what they want to say. <laughs> Adam Family. Terrible. It was deeper, bluer. My hat is like a shark's fin. Who writes LL? I hope you didn't write those lyrics yourself. Oh, that's all man. That was so like in a fever dream. He's like, I had a dream. I wrote the soundtrack to uh, Crazy. Uh, it, 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 oh, my God. I'm, j- I'm just gibbering today. I cannot form complete thoughts today. I need some of that shark serum. You do. The, the neurons <laughs> are firing. Shall we go to the behind the scenes? Oh, please. 
Uh, Thomas Jane, who played Carter Blake, the shark wrangler, uh, he actually had to swim along a real live shark. No, he and didn't. Never he didn't. did he have to. He had to. And he was only allowed to shoot this once he'd completed all the other scenes. Just in case the shark ate him. <laughs> so good time. Uh, the license plates. There's a scene where they bring in a tiger shark and yeah. Carter Blake is swimming with the shark and he reaches over and pulls the license plate that the uh, shark was chewing on. That is the same license plate as the one that uh, they pulled from the shark in Jaws. Okay. Okay. See? There you go. The Generation 2 Mako is described as 45 feet long and 8,000 pounds. That would make it more than three times the length and four times heavier than the largest Mako shark ever recorded. And twice the size of the largest known great white. Yeah. So there you go. I have to say, though, the sharks did did always look good. They always looked Uh, good. For the most part. Uh, sometimes they, most of the time they looked they looked fine, but there were definitely times where it looked either looked a little rubbery or looked a little too anaconda y, where it's like clearly just unfinished CGI. <laughs> Sad situation. Samuel L. Jackson happily signed on for this film because he had enjoyed his previous working experience with Rennie Harlan on The Long Kiss Goodnight, which I love. If you haven't seen Long Kiss Goodnight, check it out. I have not seen that. Who was Rennie Harlan dating? He was very... He was married to Gina Davis. Okay, that's it. That's it. Yep. Yep. Uh, This was the first movie Stephen King saw after his fatal, nearly fatal encounter with the van when he got hit riding his bike. He said, my first trip after being smacked by the van and almost killed was to the movies. I went in my wheelchair and loved every minute of it. Oh, so boy. he's a big fan of Deep Blue Sea. That's Blue fun. Deeper. <laughs> deeper. You're, you're right. It was shot in the same Fox Studios Baja complex where Titanic was filmed. And so this was a comp. This was a indoor complex. Basically, this was not because he filmed Rennie Harlan filmed a cutthroat island. Oh, with, with, with Gina Davis. And that was that was like out at sea. And evidently, they always say you don't want to actually film in the ocean because it's it's a it's, it's expensive, a, it's a pain in the yeah. ass. Yeah, don't do it. Good times. Um, let me. You see. mean that wasn't filmed in the ocean? Which our movie? movie I, I think they they like. If you look, it's clearly not. Like there were oh moments my God. where it was I like, really thought of, they were out in the water. I mean, I didn't think they were. You know in international waters or anything, but I actually thought they were in the water. Well, they, they were, well, in I the mean, water. they're in the water, but I thought they were out in the ocean. Duh. I didn't it's think they were in Lake like Arrowhead or something. They filmed it in Lake Arrowhead. That's, <laughs> they don't like to talk about it. Uh, Samuel Jackson stated working in the water so much wasn't just unpleasant. It actually led to an accident that made it into the final film. When we get Stellan Skarsgård hooked up to the helicopter and we're trying to get back to the elevator during the storm, the waves are supposed to rush in front of us and behind us. At one point, three tons of water got thrown on us by accident. We got swept towards those cargo doors and everyone thought we were going into the drink. People were tumbling around, this metal grating. We scrambled up and kept acting, but everyone was kind of upset. 
because they had hit us full on with three tons of water and that was not supposed to happen. Oh yeah. And we didn't have safety harnesses on. Of course. (laughs) And we were flailing around on this deck, but I thought it was pretty funny when I saw the final film, I said, Oh, they kept that. (laughs) Of course they kept. Yeah. Well, one, they're filming in a foreign country. So what, they don't have to pay union dues or do any safety stuff. Well, that explains why. Where's my Carter agent? Blake, that explains why Carter Blake is constantly slipping and sliding in every scene he's in for some bizarre reason. Well, what explains the weird vest he's wearing at all times? It's the style. It's the it's style. The st- <laughs> I, I have a It's the wetsuit like it. vest. Just for fashion. Just for fat. That's all you need. Uh, director Rennie Harlan said this was the hardest film he ever made. Oh Lord. Yep. Samuel Jackson, there's a lot of quotes here by Samuel Jackson. Because uh, we love Sammy J. You got it. And I have to say, this was that period in the mid to late 90s where Samuel Jackson, they fitted him with the most bizarre hair pieces. <laughs> he, was, he was bald. I mean, he's like Sean Connery. He was bald from way back when. But they'd always put crazy hair pieces. It wasn't until a few years later, they're just like, F it. You can just be bald in every movie. We're good. He was a bald in Goodfellas. He was also very skinny. He was a string bean. I always remember Samuel L. Jackson from Coming to America. Oh, he was I've the guy who tries. That. Say that again. I have never seen Coming to America. You have. You're in this family, <laughs> and you have never seen Coming to America. What I consider one of the funniest movies of the '90s, if not ever. It is freaking hilarious. And did you see the new one? I did. I found it pleasant, but not particularly <laughs> funny. Okay. So there you go. Well, you know what I mean? It's like there are movies that become annoying and grating because they're trying so hard to be funny and failing. Uh This was just kind of, oh, okay. I mean, pleasant, but no, I wasn't. I don't remember laughing once. So, and that's not a good thing, but uh, it could have been not a good thing for a comedy. Yeah. You're telling me. (laughs) Um, we didn't even talk about the fact that LL Cool J's parrot just gets unceremoniously eaten by the shark. I couldn't yeah. believe <laughs> that was and surprising. And up with a pot, ate the pot too. Ate the pot. Well, so LL is climbing up on these uh, shelving units to get away from the shark, and he sees his little bird like like land in a little pot floating in the water, and for some reason he's trying to reach out and get the bird. The bird's going to be fine. Oh, I guess not. He gets eaten by the shark two seconds later. But it's like, the bird's in better shape than you are. So don't mess with the bird. The bird can fly. As far as I, I don't can care tell, you can't fly. If it fly. was a bird, it was my beloved cat, if it was the Your family child. dog, maybe a child I would reach for, but anything yeah. that would be in the pet range, no. hey, you're on your own, brother bear. You're on your own. You got to go. At that stage of the game. Shall we talk about the cast? Please, let's. Uh, Well, first of all, let me mention that we said that the director of this fine film. Rennie Harlan. Harlan. Rennie Harlan directed such things as Cliffhanger. I saw that. Uh, Let's see. What else? He directed uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, I believe. Which one is Part 3? Son of a thousand Waniacs. He did a bunch of stuff in the 90s, but he's still directing stuff. I'm trying to think a couple episodes of White Collar. 
four oh, episodes of Burn Notice. Oh lord, I used to love Burn Notice. Uh, yeah, this is kind of the end towards the end of his uh, movie career. Um, Long Kiss Goodnight, Cutthroat Island, Cliffhanger, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Die Hard Two. Oh, excuse me, Nightmare on Elm Street Four: The Dream oh, okay. Master. That okay. was the one he did. Oh, uh, well, I, I already stopped by then. <laughs> I wish I had, frankly. Uh... Thomas Jane played Carter Blake. You know him from Boogie Nights. He played I lo- Todd. I love Boogie Nights. That's yep. right. That's right. Yep. He was in Deep Blue Sea, The Thin Red Line. He was in The Mist. That was one of his big things. Did you ever okay. see that one? Based My upon fault. the Stephen King novella. Saffron Burroughs played Dr. Susan McAllister. You know her from You. I, oh, who is she and you? I love you. She was Dottie Quinn. Fuck you know her, don't you? I love uh, you, though. Let's see. The Bank Job, Troy. She was in, um, I would say Circle of Friends was the first thing I saw her in. God, how old is she? How? When did Circle of Friends come out? Mid-90s. She's like a couple years older than me. She's like oh, okay. late, late 40s. I thought that came out like in the eighties. All right, oh, I haven't. No, no, no. I I've only seen it once, and and it's been a long time ago. She was the mean friend who sleeps with Chris O'Donnell because she gets pregnant by some other man. Oh, so, okay, that's what it was. Well, that's what you get. You get eaten by a shark. She, I mean, she's almost as bad as the woman from uh, Officer and a Gentleman, who doesn't want to marry an Oki from Muskogee. As far as who, I'm concerned, who wants to marry an Oki from Muskogee? No, no offense, all of our Muskogee listeners. Um, Samuel Jackson played Russell Franklin. You know him from Pulp Fiction, Hateful Eight, Captain Marvel, Snakes on a Plane, which is not, it's not as much fun as you think it would be, I'm sad to say. Oh, that's a bummer. Yep. Uh, Michael Rappaport played Tom Scoggins, who was like, I don't know what, engineer. He's, he's just tech. Michael Rappaport as usual. As usual. They dyed his hair brown for indeterminate reasons. Why he couldn't be a blonde in this movie? It makes no sense. I thought he was a redhead. Maybe he was a redhead. It was a weird color that didn't occur naturally. Yeah. Um, you know him from Deep Blue Sea, True Romance, Beautiful Girls, The Sixth Day. I love The Sixth Day. Stellan Skarsgård played Jim <laughs> Jim Whitlock. You know him from Goodwill Hunting, uh, Amistad, Dune, the latest Dune he was in. Also, it's okay. good stuff. LL Cool J. We were talking about him when we reviewed Dune. Yep, he was ba- Baron Harkonnen. Oh, so you're right. Yeah. We, we did come back to him one more time. LL Cool J, you know him from Deep Blue Sea. Mind Hunters, Halloween H two O. Who is it? Mind us Hunter. From Eva. Wait, Mind Hunter, the series on Netflix about uh, the forming see. of the behavioral unit. Uh, I don't know. Val Kilmer's in it, and Christian no. Slater. Somehow, no, somehow I don't think that's, so. That's something else. Poor but now Mind I have Hunter. to watch it without all star cast. <laughs> uh, Ada Turturro played brenda kearns you know her from the Sopranos. she was janice deep blue sea mickey blue eyes sleepers i think that's it i don't think i need to know about anybody else so 
good times. Let's talk about the ratings. Lay it on me, bro. Normally about this time, I would read to you a review of Rex Reed reviewing it. But he reviewed another movie called The Deep Blue Sea. So tell us what that said. A deep blue sea nourished with lover's tears. See, that's perfect. That is That wraps up this whole movie. Continue. Vice's hauntingly beautiful turn of Victorian heartache woos torrid tale of unrequited love back into critical conversation. Well, it's true. There is some unrequited love. There, well, he thought Carter and uh, Dr. McAllister thought they were going to get a little something going. Hey, why don't you take me up on that beer? And she very quickly was like, <laughs> if you F up, I'm going to fire you and it's going to be hard for you to get another job because you're an ex-con. Yeah. She throws that in his face damn uh-huh. quick. Uh-huh. Very sad. Deep Blue Sea currently is 59% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. And if you think that's bad, the audience score, 39%. Ooh. The hammer falls. That Let seems me, rough. That's that's rough sledding. Let me take a look here at our other top critics. Sorry, Rex Reed, if you're listening. Maybe you should have reviewed this. Uh, let's see. I find it fun that the review of the wrong Deep Blue Sea seems to somehow still fit. That's a sad situation. Roger Ebert! Three out of four. This movie is everything a... is three out of four. Come yep. on, Ebert. This movie is a skillful thriller directed by Rennie Harlan, who made Die Hard 2 and Cutthroat Island, and here assembles a neat package of terror, sharks, and special effects. Good work. Wesley Morris of the San Francisco Examiner says unsalvageable B movie junk. <laughs> Very sad. That might be my, my new favorite reviewer. <laughs> what did Joe Bob Briggs say? Check it out. Check no it boob, out. No boobs, no severed heads. Can't recommend. <laughs> well, there is there is that moment where uh, Saffron Burroughs takes off her wetsuit for no reason, revealing her underwear. And then she she stands on her wet wetsuit on a metal table in the water and then electrocu- electrocutes the shark. And I guess the wetsuit is meant to insulate her from the electrocution. Except, as I said, it is sopping wet. So she'd be electrocuted anyway. And that someone turned the power off once the shark was dead? Nope. So she jumps in the water? Or or does it trip and it's like a big breaker over at your house, you know? Because I didn't see the lights go out or even dim. No, thank goodness for that. (laughs) I appreciate that she's able to reach up and literally just rip the cable out of the wall. Who is she, Wonder Woman? I couldn't She's do that wonder, with a Wonder Woman. <laughs> right, exactly. Me and 10 of my friends couldn't just rip it out of the wall <laughs> like that. So, good times. Uh, what is your rating of Deep Blue Sea? All right. I'm going to put a caveat around my rating. So, it's Uh-oh. not to... Do not take this rating out of context. But just for entertainment, is don't think too hard. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Three and a half. Aaron says, check it out. You have some popcorn. 
it's just it's just for fun. You don't you only need to watch it once. You don't ever have to watch it again, like Kevin, who I'm sure owns this. But I do. you get some popcorn, you get a blankie, you're on the couch. It's Friday night. Why not? This is a fun party movie, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, invite the whole gang over. Pop in my 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 hat is like a shark's fin and let the good times <laughs> roll. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I will also I will give it uh, three point seventy five uh, shark kung fu acrobatics by Carter Blake. Sounds good. Check oh my it out. god! I didn't even give it a fun thing. I'm gonna give you it didn't. three and a half shots of a pineal gland. Pineal. <laughs> I'm going to change mine. 3.75 <laughs> scoops of brain from an Alzheimer's patient. I'm there telling you, I think I'm just tired. I'm missing everything this tonight <laughs> with this review. It how is, dare I? How dare you indeed? <laughs> so thank you very much. Go to our page on Twitter at TPodcast, TWDie. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Aaron. We're on the Instagram. We're on the Insta. We are the podcast that wouldn't die. With all the underscores you could ever want or need. Some and good an umlaut. Don't forget an umlaut. Throw an umlaut or two in there. Why and not? What's our email address? Uh, our email address is at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. So make sure you like, share, rate, review, etc., etc., and etc. Aaron, you are also on social media. What's the oh word? Oh my god. I'm like a social media whore. It's all over the place. I'm on the Insta. I am the cult of Aaron. I am also because it's like a split personality. I am Don't Feed the Pigeon. I am on Artsy, Aaron Doherty. I'm on First Dibs, Aaron Doherty. I'm on Twitter, Queen Aaron. I actually had two other Instagram accounts uh, three years ago, and I couldn't figure out how to turn them off. So they're somewhere floating in the universe, like the, like the super smart sharks. I don't know. Just floating out there, Just for God's sake. out there. Sweet Jesus Next week, we'll be doing the thriller horror. I can't even, I don't even know what it is. It's The Hitcher with Rucker Hauer. And that's C all you need to know. And that's Rucker all Hauer. you need to know. But just in case, C. Thomas Howell and Jennifer Jason Lee are also in this movie. So Jennifer check that out. Jennifer Jason Lee, okay. C. Thomas Howell. Mm. How dare you? But Rucker Hauer. Dynamite! Dynamite with a psychopath. Woo! You you can watch it now for free, quote unquote, if you happen to have an HBO Max subscription. So check that out and let us know what you think. For God's sakes! In the name of all that is holy. So thank you very much and be well. Good evening. <laughs>